Welcome to WFR's Marriage Podcast, a conversation about marriage for marriage. My name is Trey, and I'm here, as always, with my sweet bride, Anna. Oh, he said sweet. <laughs> so we also have some very uh, special guests in the booth with us today. It's Steve and Holly Holiday, and Steve is a therapist, and they also have a, a uh, wonderful ministry called Ultimate Escape. So, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yep. So why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your ministry, Ultimate Escape, and what it looks like and how it blesses other people? Uh, We basically help uh, organizations and families address sexuality. Um, My special training is in addictive sexual behavior, sexual identity, and sexual trauma. And so we also provide counseling around those uh, areas from a pastoral counseling standpoint through the ministry. And sometimes Holly joins me as we speak and do presentations around uh, relationship, uh, healing, and sexuality. I know I've had the blessing of, of hearing uh, some of your discussions, and it's, it's pretty awesome. So Thank you. Appreciate you guys uh, being here tonight. And uh, so, obviously, we, uh, we're talking about uh, sex tonight and uh, specifically uh, sexual brokenness. And, and this is one thing that you and I, babe, brought into our marriage mm-hmm. and uh, something that uh, gave us uh, a lot of uh, heartache and uh, something that we had to heal from and honestly still are. Um, mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, still healing, uh, and, and which, by the way, I can't believe we haven't talked about. We've done close to twenty podcasts, I think, so far, and we haven't talked about sex yet. So, yeah. um, I'm glad that we're we're talking about this. So, but I'm define, defining sexual brokenness as any sexual experience that doesn't honor God or one that goes against uh, His intent. And I think most people that that I ran into. Um, have some level of sexual brokenness, whether it's just a, a skewed view of what it what it should be, or maybe it's something that they've done sinful, or maybe something that was done uh, to them. So have you guys experienced that in, in your dealings with other people? Certainly have. I'm still waiting to meet the person that hasn't had some level of sexual brokenness in their life. If I've met them, I just didn't know that I met them. <laughs> right, right. And I know uh, in our culture... Um, um, you know what God meant for good uh, when it comes to sex. It's just been turned into this uh, this monster. You know something else. It's just been distorted uh, from what God intended. And uh, so I know personally, my my own sexual brokenness come from just a like I said a skewed view of what it should be. You know, just uh, sex, being sexually immoral and uh, pornography and and all those things. And just because I did not understand what God's intent was uh, when it came to sex. I know I've heard you guys talk about your past, and so uh, what what sexual brokenness have you guys dealt with, whether individually or, or in your marriage? I'll let Holly start that one. I was going to say, who wants to go first? <laughs> um, I think I grew up in a home where there was a decent view of sex, but it was pretty quiet because at that time it was not something that people talked about. And so what that did was leave me open for experiences that really um, I was not ready for. Uh, before actual sexual, I was going to say, before actually having sex, um, you know, I was involved in some, some things with people that I shouldn't have been, but I just didn't really know any different. And then when I was in high school, I got involved in a relationship that wound up um, being fairly sexually abusive for about two and a half, two and a half, three years. I blamed myself a lot. Um, at some point, I was able to actually look at that and say, okay, he raped me, and I and I know he raped me. Right. Never did anything about it. Just thought, okay, well, that's terrible. I'll put it in the past mm-hmm. and move on. 
I have no memory of life prior to a compulsive masturbation, elaborate sexual fantasy. Although the fantasy didn't begin as sexual, uh, it certainly got there eventually. Um, and I've put some pieces of puzzle together in recent years that I didn't have before, probably 2017, 2018. So I don't remember exactly which year now. It was um, 2017, was I remember. 2017, mm-hmm. um, when I went back and walked the streets of my childhood home um, and just had a flood of emotion stuff came up. Uh, answered a lot, of, a lot of questions that I always knew there was something. I just mm-hmm. didn't have a memory of exactly what it was. Uh, but, of course, that evolved into uh, beyond the, the uh, fantasy and masturbation uh, in college, uh, first exposure to pornography uh, in video store format, and that just ramped everything up. And then later on, as a full-time youth minister, having Internet access, first time in my life in my office, uh, took about a week or two and discovered, hey, if I type in these words, Boom, there's there's a lot of stuff out there, right. uh, which was a double-edged sword because it was it was that kid in a candy store moment, but it was also, um, wait a minute, other people think the same stuff I do. Because up to that point, I thought nobody else on the planet did. But I thought, mm-hmm. wait, if it's on the Internet, that means somebody else mm-hmm. has to think like I do. Right. We might should introduce our other guest because she snored. Is that what that was? I'm not sure what that was. So, Legend, our service dog, is here with us, and she's very relaxed in the floor snoring. (laughs) They'll they'll give us grace for that, I'm sure. Well, I I grew up in a really great home. Sex was talked about, um, but yet I still experienced sexual brokenness by the hand of another child, who obviously an adult had... um, molested her and then it just the behavior repeated to me Mm -hmm. but what's crazy is as open as my parents talked about like it was talked about and I knew you know what was happening to me shouldn't have been happening Mm -hmm. to me I still carried this guilt and shame or this little voice Mm -hmm. inside of me saying you cannot tell anybody about this Mm -hmm. because you're weird if you do like Mm -hmm. something happened to you now you're weird Mm -hmm. and so I carried that then I just repeated that behavior with other kids until middle school. And then at 13, um, was raped by an older guy. He was 19. I was 13. And from then on, I just decided, well, this is what my worth is. Um, mm-hmm. This is my identity. This is all anybody wants for me. So from now on, I won't be a notch on someone's belt. There'll be one on mine. And so then I was very promiscuous. Mm-hmm. But still... Had never told anyone, never told a soul about anything that had happened to me as a young child mm-hmm. all the way and until the rape. And so I just carried that until really 12 years ago mm-hmm. after I carried all of that brokenness into our marriage, still with that same identity in my mind, uh, which just turned our marriage, the blessing and gift that God gives for marriage, the the sex part, um, it was just such a perverted, skewed view. Mm-hmm. And um, I just did whatever to get to make myself feel good about myself. And that, that came sexually, which ended up leading into me having an affair. And so it wasn't until after all of that brokenness mess that I finally sought healing mm-hmm. through counseling and began to actually speak about um, everything that had happened. So that was my sexual brokenness and still to this day 
Um, even for training, I, I will. I have to uh, still work at being emotionally present. You know, dear, mm-hmm. because it's just a wall. It, I could cut that off. I, I, it could just be a physical act, and it meant nothing. So obviously, that's not mm-hmm. God's intent um, for sex. So it is still something that we work through, and it's getting better. You know, yeah. and better, but it's definitely still a challenge at times. So for some reason, uh, and I'm sure you guys uh, know this too, that when it comes to sexual brokenness. Um, we don't want to tell anybody what's going on. Like, we didn't know uh, each other's sexual brokenness for years mm-hmm. later until it just mm-hmm. kind of came, all came mm-hmm. out. And so, um, you know, obviously with sexual brokenness, there, there's a lot of shame uh, and guilt that comes with it. So what are some of the usual hurdles that you guys have seen that most people struggle to overcome uh, when it comes to shame and guilt? Uh, I would say certainly the it's my fault. Uh, mm-hmm. I did something wrong, even if something was forced on me or I, I wasn't looking for it. That's one of the most common things, uh, whether we're talking about a child, an adult, whether it happened two months ago or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the most... Um, when people can get past and uh, the the belief that it, that they are bad mm-hmm. uh, and it was their fault, and able to have the truth that replaces that, uh, that I didn't do anything. The other person is the one who did that. Um, it's amazing the healing that can mm-hmm. come and how quickly things can begin to sure. feel different yes. if they can actually wrap their arms and embrace that truth. Now, a lot mm-hmm. of times there's a difference between logically I know it mm-hmm. and at yeah. a gut level that mm-hmm. feels that way. Right. Uh, but if, if the gut level can ever be embraced, um, that, that's a game changer. Yeah, I know um, for a long time in my life, dealing with all my sexual brokenness, I, I viewed it as a barrier to healing. But once everything kind of come out and I really embraced, um, you know, God's intent for it, I realized it's more of a bridge to healing. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, what Satan wants us to, to do is to keep that uh, within ourselves so that it can kind of keep us from being productive and finding healing. But when we finally realize, like, the, the key to healing is just uh, being completely uh, vulnerable and sharing that. You don't have to share with everybody, mm-hmm. but you need to share it with someone who can help yeah. you kind of walk through that. In recovery, we use the phrase, every time I share my story, my shame gets cut in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously the first yeah. few times there's a, there can be a big cathartic release from that. Um, but if I get used to you know, having safe places to share when there's a, a healthy reaction to that, uh, we learn... So people don't reject this. They don't run away. They don't, you know, cower in some kind of abhorrent reaction, but um, they actually still care for us. They accept us. Um, You know, there's affirmation there. Uh, And just experiencing that is typically so different than what we think it's going to be. And, of course, the brain, once we we have the uh, the real-life experience, it's like the brain's got to do something with that. I can't deny how people actually responded. Right. Right. Something Anna mentioned was the whole being emotionally cut off. And uh, the funny thing is, with my own brokenness, I didn't tell anybody initially. I had a good friend who figured out what happened fairly quickly. Steve and I had not dated very long, and I told him what had happened to me because my thought at that time was... 
you know, we were pretty serious. And if this was going to be something that, that ended our relationship, it, it was time to fish or cut bait. You know, that mm. this was the time to share it. And the interesting thing for me was that it wasn't a secret. There were some people who knew. And even after he and I got married, the number of people I talked to through the years grew. The interesting thing was I was very emotionally disconnected from it. So I really wasn't even processing it or mm-hmm. dealing with it. And like Steve shared, you know, your your shame gets cut in half. Mine was still there because it was still buried. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was a long time before I could emotionally connect and deal with that in the right way. So if you're out there and you're thinking, oh, well, I know that happened to me and it's in the past and it really was terrible, I, I you know, but what what can I do about it now? You really need to spend some time, take it from somebody who waited a really long time, spend that time and do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth it on yeah. this side. I think I think that's so true. I know just from my own past dealing with, with my, my sexual sin of brokenness, I would share parts of my story and mm-hmm. never really could understand why I couldn't quite find healing or get past that, you know, those temptations or whatever. And I realized... Um, to use an analogy like, you know, when I had cancer, if the doctor would have said, you know, I'm going to remove a portion of the mast and I'm going to leave the rest there, why am I going to find healing like that? And I think <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the same thing with sexual brokenness. Like if we just, you know, share just a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, of out of fear, we don't share the rest of it. You'll never truly find healing, I think, mm-hmm. completely, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was um, something you were the guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. So for me to even call what happened to me at 13 a rape i mm. never would yes like mm. not even to my and no one even knew but even mm. whenever i was going through therapy and dealing with that it wasn't until the my therapist said that is rape <laughs> like mm-hmm. that is what that is that mm. is rape but i was still blaming myself it's something i did i knew i shouldn't have been there or i did like mm-hmm. all of those things mm-hmm. and for years to even think about the things that happened like in my gut like physically in my mm-hmm. stomach I, I would feel sick and like this disgust would just yeah. come over me with all of that and so working through um, and spiritually working through that with her and through therapy and, and just getting that freedom to be able to, when it comes to sex, to sit here on a microphone that's going to mm-hmm. be recorded and <laughs> anybody in the world can listen to it um, to talk about those things. And it doesn't, it's no longer a gut disgust mm-hmm. it is something that happened to me it wasn't my fault um it is it something i still have to deal with at times absolutely because it doesn't just mm-hmm. magically go away mm-hmm. um but there has been so much healing and just the freedom of being able to talk mm-hmm. about it that's nice. i was sitting here thinking the freedom it's, yes it's, it's very like, freeing you know, the, the yeah, brain the body stores the emotion from a traumatic event, and so when uh, when a sexual encounter is traumatic, the body stores the, the cocktail, the neurochemical cocktail of whatever is there. So if it was fear, hurt, shame, sad, lonely, you know, whatever is there, body stores that, and then it can get re-triggered in a future sexual encounter. And there are a lot of people who are in marriages that there's very little sex because there's so much pain mm-hmm. that one partner or the other yeah. feels during sex. Um, 
And when you're able to actually work through that trauma uh, and the body no longer is releasing all of that emotion, mm-hmm. um, that again, that's a game changer. Right. Because mm-hmm. now we can actually enjoy sex with each other free of the physical pain. Right. Uh, but just... Uh, just acknowledging that that happened in the past doesn't equate to I've worked right, through it. Right, yes. right, exactly. Right. Well, let me uh, combine these next two questions. I think they're uh, pretty much the same same thing. What what do we do with all the shame and guilt that we have, and where do we begin to find healing in some of these areas of brokenness that, that we have? I had to start with understanding the difference between guilt and shame. Because I think every um, every poor sexual experience I had that was, you know, that was wrong or that was perpetrated on me or whether I did it myself, because I, like Anna, got to the point where I was like, well, I'm not going to be a victim. Mm-hmm. I won't be a victim anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll be in charge. But learning the difference between guilt and shame. And so the way it makes the most sense to me in my brain is that guilt is I did something wrong. It is a feeling that alerts me to a behavior that needs to be corrected. And shame is, I am wrong. Like at my Mm -hmm. core being, there is something just wrong with me on a gut level. And learning the difference between those, because when I went back and looked at all the things that happened, there are some things I do feel guilty for, and I should. But the vast majority of it was not my fault. And I carried all Mm -hmm. that guilt, which fed into my shame. It fed into my feelings about myself Mm -hmm. when really I was carrying a bunch of stuff that I didn't need to. And so learning the difference between those two for me was vital in healing. And, you know, going back through the, you know, who does God say I am? And I still do that to this day because sometimes that shame can come on you really quickly. And it is. If I start to feel that, I literally in my head will start saying things. Okay. The truth is, I'm a child of God. I'm the head and mm-hmm. not the tail. I mean, there, I have this whole list of things that so will go good. through my head and just speak truth. And I see that as that taking every thought captive mm-hmm. and making it obedient uh, to the Word of Christ. And to piggyback on that concept of taking every thought captive, if we can start to identify the things that feel true at a gut level, I'm not talking the logic part of me thinks, right. but the core of my being, it feels true. Right. And identify what those are and then run it through the filter of, is that accurate? Um, because the beliefs that are not actually true, those need to be changed. Right. Uh, so if it's a if it, if it feels like I did something wrong, but I actually didn't. Okay, being able to process that uh, and embrace that truth, then then there's a way to get through the guilt. Other times, it, it, I need to work through my guilt by making amends or or taking on the responsibility and you know what can I do to make this right, which might be a conversation with somebody if it's if it's not doing more harm to them to have that conversation. Um, than already is there. So, you know, there's a filter in 12-step processing. Uh, If I make amends, um, I do that when it's healthy to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't don't make amends when it would be more hurtful to do that. Um, And the shame piece, um, you know, am I bad? Am I dirty? Uh, Am I less than? Um, 
Well, at the end of the day, I use this in the counseling room a lot. At the end of the day, there are two voices in the universe, a voice of truth, Jesus, a voice of an enemy who's a liar and accuser. Mm-hmm. Which voice would be saying whatever it is that I believe? Which voice would be saying, I'm trash? What voice would be saying, I'm dirty? What voice would be saying, God is disgusted with you? Right. Because if it's not the voice of truth that would say that, well, that only leaves one other place, and we know that that's an accuser and a liar. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so at least logically, I can recognize that's not true. Now, there's still a process of you know, bridging that gap between what I know in my head and what I feel in my gut. Yeah. I, mean, I would say that those are more steps in how do I get through the guilt and the shame. Yeah, I know yeah. for myself, there was, it's that initial learning the truth. So I would quit filtering every instance through a lie, mm-hmm. so which that determined my actions too. And so if I'm filtering everything through a lie, then I'm going to act based on a lie also. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, like they're still to this day, but especially in the beginning, there was a lot of taking the thoughts captive mm-hmm. and logically knowing, okay, wait a minute, I've I've been taught now. I've exposed the truth. I know with it. I know I'm feeling like this right now, but this is what God's truth says about me. And it it was like self-talk. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. it was literally out loud. I had to yeah. speak the word of God <laughs> out loud and say, "No, Anna, that is a lie. That is not the truth. And this is the truth about this situation." And about who you are and whose I am also mm-hmm. reminding myself of that. And to this day, I will still, because Satan doesn't just get off our back and right. leave us alone no. forever. No. He will flee from us when we resist, but we ha- it's a constant, he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And I think he likes to try to get us right back with the same old stuff. And so he's going to start trying to tell us those same lies, because if he's already convinced us of it once, it's going to be mm-hmm. easier yeah. to convince mm-hmm. us of it again. So it is, I know for myself, to continue to stay in the, on the healing side of guilt and shame, it is being in God's Word, knowing that I have to be equipped with the truth. Because if I'm not, I just, I know myself, I'm going to believe mm-hmm. the lie. Yeah. And, and one of the ways that those core beliefs play out is, you know, part of our brain doesn't like the fact that it feels like that. I don't like feeling like I'm worthless, like nobody would want me. And so my behavior becomes a way to get the opposite message. Because in this sexual moment, it feels like I'm worth something. It feels like mm-hmm. I'm wanted. Um, but that feeling doesn't last because that core belief is still in there. So as soon as that moment is over, I'm left wanting that message again, but that message will never be adopted because the core belief prevents it from being adopted. So it's an endless number of experiences I keep looking for to feel something that will never feel true. And it's it's this insanity cycle. Hmm. Yeah, I know know for me, um, if I could go back and just kind of pinpoint like the turning point where, you know, I started to, I guess, you know, pursue healing or when the healing kind of started, because I, I felt like I was a dirty guy, you know, just a history of, of pornography and being sexually immoral. And then as a Christian, a lot of that, or, or you know, claiming to be a Christian while I was in church. And and uh, it was when I, I realized that after reading some of God's truth, like, you're, you're because of the blood of Jesus, like, you're, you're white as snow, you're, you're pure. 
You know, it's it's, it's a fresh start. You know, you're, you're presented to God as faultless. And those really just kind of sunk in. And I finally, for the first time, I, I knew grace, and, and, and I could explain it to you, and I knew what mercy was, but really never internalized it personally for me, and it just sunk like a ton of bricks. And so that, that to me, is when it started, but when also just kind of, the healing part of it was understanding what God's intent was for sex. Like it's not dirty. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's good. You know, it's it's a gift from God. We just got to stay within His kind of intent, His design. Hey, the first yeah. command was have a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Get after and it. Multiply. <laughs> Get after it. So, um, so any any final thoughts on uh, anything before we uh, close out? Because I know over the next three or four weeks we're going to be talking about sex and on on these podcasts. So any final thoughts, Steve? Uh, I would just encourage any listeners who are dealing with a, a history of sexual brokenness uh, to be willing to take a step to, to ask for help mm-hmm. you know, until we can get outside of ourself uh, and and have you know, support from somewhere. Right. Uh, and sometimes that first step is just letting somebody know, hey, this is going on, right. which can be the hardest thing a person's ever done because mm-hmm. you got again you're wading right into that shame and that guilt that's right uh, but by taking that first step um you're, you're taking a step toward healing yeah in some cases it may be a, a friend a godly friend it could be a pastor mm-hmm. or a counselor but uh, just seeking a community in some way or another holly you got anything to to add before we close yeah there there's something that kept coming to my mind and i wasn't sure if i should share it or not but um I have talked to so many people over the years who really want to get better and they want to change, but they want to skip from where I am, you know, where they are right mm-hmm. then to the fixed part. Yeah. And they, they just want to jump, jump over. And you really can't. And I mm-hmm. think it's Brene Brown who uses the term the messy middle. Yeah. And you really have to go through the messy middle. And I hate the messy middle. I don't like it in any aspect of my life, uh, whether it's, you know, sexual brokenness or any other mm-hmm. thing you could use that analogy for. But if you can't go through that process, you're really not going to reap the benefits on the other side. No. So my That's encouragement good. is to just don't try to shortchange it. No, yeah. we see that so many times on in all areas of healing, too, mm-hmm. especially in marriages. Like if, if things we're in a really bad place and then all of a sudden everything's great like we talked about this really bad stuff and now we're good yeah no. it is just <laughs> a matter of weeks typically yes, and it's right. way worse than it was before mm-hmm. the beginning like in the beginning and i agree with that too like mm-hmm. it it is wor- the hardest thing i've ever done in my life this far was changing my thought processes when it came to sex mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. relation in especially in our marriage and in relationships it was the hardest mountain I've ever had to climb and I, I'm still yeah. climbing it like I have experienced lots of healing with it but it's still an ongoing process because um, I mean that began that was my belief and thought process from a very young child mm-hmm. up until the other thing I would add is I, I hear a lot of people who come from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it, I should just be able to pray about it, and God can just mm-hmm. make it all yeah, go away. Yeah. And that's typically not how God works. Right. There are times when God does miraculously mm-hmm. set somebody free from something. Um, 
but I do find that most people, if their gas tank is about to run out, they go to a gas station and they put fuel in their car hmm. as opposed to let me just pray for God to refill yeah. my tank. Right. Yeah. Um, I would say the same thing from sexual healing. Mm-hmm. Um, not discounting that God can miraculously heal people instantly, right. but my observation is that it normally, he doesn't work that way. It's a process. It is. And people do that in marriage, too. I'll get married, and well, I won't look at pornography no more. You know, it just doesn't, right. it doesn't everybody work. Thought that. It doesn't work like that. So no. well, thank you guys so much uh, for Thanks for us. the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It, it meant a lot to us, and uh, we'll be sure and have you guys back on uh, in the near future. And uh, so I'll just close with this. You know, anytime we uh, get away from God's design, we're, we're going to experience hurts and pains and guilts and shames uh, for sure but Psalms 23 uh, 3 I'll read that to you it says the Lord is our shepherd he restores my soul and he leads us or leads me in paths uh, of righteousness so to restore is to make new like God can can make uh, you new we we know mm-hmm. that from our own marriage like he's uh, still making it new and so he can restore our minds our, our attitudes and even our bodies uh, mm-hmm. we've seen that happen so um, so be sure and stay tuned for next week uh, we're going to continue this discussion on uh, God's design for uh, sex and what that looks like. And uh, we pray that you'll be relentless in finding healing and, and understanding. <clears throat> Excuse me, and understanding what God's intent for uh, sex is. So if we can help you in any way, if you have any questions or comments, feel free uh, to reach out to us at reengage at wfrchurch.org. Thank you.